Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello and welcome everybody. This week we've got Trish on the show and she is a mum to three young boys and a holistic nutritionist. And Trish has spent the last eight years working with a natural food as medicine approach to help women overcome issues such as infertility, polycystic ovary syndrome, thyroiditis, as well as postnatal depression. And when her eldest son was born with food allergies five years ago, she also invested a lot of time learning about the importance of gut health. So much so that she trained as a in GAPS, which is a gut healing protocol. And she now includes GAPS as part of her clinical treatment strategies, helping women and kids heal from things like eczema, behavioral issues, allergies, hormone issues, and more. So, welcome, Trish, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No worries. So me and Trish met through a kind of like an entrepreneur's group, I guess. It's I feel like a business mama's group thing. And yeah, I'm really excited for you to come on the show because I know this is something that women really struggle with in terms of post-pregnancy care. So we talk a lot about in the space about pre-pregnancy care and pregnancy care but post-pregnancy really doesn't seem to get as much airtime I guess (laughs) so yeah I'm really excited to have you on so that we can actually explore this a little bit more and talk about a little bit more in depth about what is postnatal care when it comes to becoming a mother and how important is it on the journey? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right. It gets no airtime at all. And that's something that I have found both personally and professionally really frustrating. We spend so much time on worrying about, well, one, first of all, we need to get pregnant, but then two, the birth. Everything once you're pregnant is about the birth. Mm. And then there's kind of nothing put on to what's going to happen after. Oh, yeah. Like, what now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. We're so focused on, like, the labour. Most of that is actually out of our control to a certain extent anyway. So it's kind of, yeah, a little bit not wasted. It's definitely needed, and I value that a lot. But I think that I had no idea about postnatal care after the baby, I had this vision that as soon as I had my child, I would be out 
on you know lunch dates with the girls two weeks later um and enjoying my life at coffee shops <laughs> yeah yeah and you're not wrong that's kind of what like what we're led to believe it's going to be about mum's group mm. but yeah I just it's such a missed opportunity I think for the health industry to be helping women make that transition mm. and making it in a way that so many of us all we know about postpartum is that we have a chance of we're at risk of postpartum depression like that's it Mm. but what about everything else what about like brain fog or thyroiditis or inability to lose weight or the impacts that stress have on your body and they're all things that happen when you've had a new baby yeah yeah and for me it was chronic pain you know and I've spoken to quite a lot of women since that about chronic pain it's so common to have these random chronic pain health conditions and gut health Mm. conditions form from pregnancy Mm. and people aren't really talking about that side and I was actually on a podcast yesterday and it's all about gut health and I spoke to Demi the podcast host lady about my gut health journey and she isn't a mother yet. And she was like, I just got the message that, you know, motherhood is lovely and magical and it's like the best thing you're ever going to do. And she said, I've never heard of someone having, you know, chronic pain or gut health issues from pregnancy. And I was like, yeah, because that's the message that we are told. And what we're seeing is like, it's going to be all magical and rainbows. (laughs) And for a lot of people, that's not the reality. So yeah, it can cause physical issues and immune disorders and, you know, all kinds of things. But what do you see most commonly in your practice? When you think about it, so just by being pregnant, you put yourself at risk of 23 different deficiencies that we, you know, we can actually quantify. Mm. So just thinking about that alone, it means that obviously you put yourself at risk of everything that those deficiencies impacts. So we're talking about postnatal depression being a big one. A lot of people don't realise that well, yes, this is a mental aspect because you're taking on a whole new identity. Mm. There's also a lot of research to back up that omega-3 and vitamin D deficiencies are linked with postnatal depression. And then there's other things like postnatal thyroiditis is very common in women. And then this goes on to be Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition. So it's that autoimmune trigger that pregnancy causes. And then it's it can be anything from like generic postnatal depletion, which is that rundown, really depleted state that months get into. So it's that zombie feeling, the tired but wired, stressed feeling, the brain mm. fog, all of those. And that can go on for up to a decade after you've had a baby if you're not doing the things that you need to be doing to replete your stores. So most women who come to see me come to see me because they feel either they've got really bad mum brain and they just can't put a sentence together. I remember this. This is what it was like after my first was born. Mm. Like knowing what you want to say, you have to stop mid-sentence because you actually cannot formulate a sentence because the words are just like evaporate out of your brain. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty common one that I see. I find it so frustrating that we put no emphasis on all the things we can be doing to prevent it because that that is that's a deficiency that could be omega 3 that could be 
iodine for your thyroid. That could be so many different things that we can treat, but we're just not giving that information to help ourselves. Yeah. And what would you say is a common problem within sort of our health system? You know, why aren't women getting the support that they need? Is it that doctors aren't trained in this or is it that they're not seeing the signs and symptoms or is it that mothers aren't even taking that step and going and asking for help? Mm, I think it's probably very multifaceted. So Mm. like it it was a very interesting experience for me to be trained in nutrition, have a degree, be practicing, then to have my own first child. Mm. And my mum is now a retired child health nurse. And so when my first baby was born, she spent a lot of time with me, you know, making Mm. that transition. And I said to her, okay, so like when will I be going for checkups and things? Because for 40 weeks, that's what I had. I had constant checkups on me and my health. Mm. And she said to me, you have a six-week check. And I had an emergency cesarean with some complication. Mm. So on one hand, I'm like, hang on, I've had a huge surgery, which it is. Like we need to stop belittling women who've had cesareans. It is a huge surgery. Yeah. And I've also been through a pregnancy, which has obviously depleted me. Mm. And all I'm going to get is a six-week checkup. And I went along to my six-week checkup expecting something. And my six-week checkup was, when was your last pap smear? Do you want a pap smear? (laughs) And that was kind (laughs) of it. Like, how's your breastfeeding going? And then from there, it's all about the baby. On one hand, it's our system that is not... There's no standard of care for postpartum women. There's no, hey, you've had a baby, we really need to do some blood tests. We need to check not just your iron because that is one of my big gripes is that seems to be the only thing that doctors know to screen for is where's your iron at. But also how's your thyroid reacting to the fact that you've just had to give your baby a whole lot of your thyroid hormones. And then all of the other things I mentioned before, the other 23 nutrients that we can quantify that we know you're depleted in. There's just no standard of care for that. And so, yes, doctors are probably not trained in those kinds of things. And then the people who are trained, like people like myself or other nutritionists or naturopaths, I mean, we're kind of put to the side and it's considered a bit woo. Like if you want to, mm. if you wanted to go down that avenue, you'd have to be pursuing it on your own And unfortunately, for most people, we are unaffordable because, you know, we've got a very special trained set of skills Mm. and not everyone can afford it. If you're relying on your GP to be doing the kinds of things that need to happen postpartum, their standard of care just isn't there. And unfortunately, that's where the system lets us down. Yeah. And even advocating for yourself and Mm. knowing these things in terms of going to the doctor and saying, right, I want to be tested for my insulin. I want to be tested for my thyroid. I want to be tested for whatever it is. We could go and do that, but how do Mm. women Mm. know and access that information Mm. of like asking for what they need when they don't know themselves and you need to like, it's almost got to go on that whole journey of doing the research and maybe going on some courses or you know you gotta sort of deep dive to really understand what it is that's happening because I know for me 
I was in the nutrition space as well before I came into more sort of the emotional well-being space. I was in the nutrition space. And even though I knew how to eat well and count calories and eat all the superfoods and be perfect in my nutrition, I found it really, really hard to lose the baby weight. And still three years on from now, you know, I've still got a lot of what I consider for me weight around my belly that, you know, it doesn't seem to shift with just doing the kind of healthy diet and a bit of exercise ratio, you know. Mm. So I had all Mm. this information as a nutritionist, but I was like, something else is actually going on Mm. here. Mm. You know, it's not just about what you're eating. It can be something deeper. Yeah. You know, it's how your body's actually functioning and working because it changes after pregnancy. You know, you can't expect, we talk about this, getting your baby body, uh, your post pre-baby body back Mm. and going back to how you looked before. But even if your body looks the same, it probably isn't functioning the same on the inside. You know, you've probably got other things that not working properly. And like you said, Mm. even with the thyroid, that is a very common thing that happens after people have children. Did you want to talk a little bit more about that, actually? Maybe mm. like what are sort of like the symptoms or what do mothers do if they want to get their thyroid checked mm. to make sure that it's working properly and that sort of thing? This is probably a topic that I talk about a lot because it's it's probably one of the most seen things that I see in clinic. If you do go to your doctor after you've had a baby and you say things like, I've got really bad brain fog or I can't lose weight or I just, I'm so cold or my skin's dry, I'm constipated. Even if you've got a tendency towards not necessarily postnatal depression, which they will have screened you for, because again, that's something that we know really well, how to screen you for postnatal depression. We don't know how to support you nutritionally for that. Yeah, so if, if you say all those things, they might say, okay, let's test your thyroid. And when we test your thyroid, because of the way that Medicare sets this up, they actually test your TSH. And that's not testing your thyroid, that's testing your pituitary gland. Right. And so they test your TSH. And the reference range currently in Australia, I think is depending on your lab, it's about 0.5 to 4. Within that range, you're considered normal. If you got to four or above, you're hypothyroid and your doctor will probably say to you, okay, I can write your prescription for thyroxine. The problem with this is there's obviously that is a huge range, 0.5 all the way up to four. Mm. And many women will start feeling these symptoms that I've just listed. So inability to lose weight, feeling the cold, constipation, dry skin, tendency towards like depression, really lethargic, like struggling to get themselves out of bed. Mm. You could be feeling any number of those on any kind of scale from about a 2.0 on your TSH and a doctor's going to look at your result and tell you that you're fine. And that just frustrates me to no end because I'm constantly, every week, minimum two ladies I'm seeing in clinic who bring me their thyroid results and they say, doctor said it's fine. And it'll be like 2.7 or 3.1 or something. And I'm like, well, you've got all of the symptoms yeah, and your thyroid is starting to get to that number four where they're going to medicate you. Mm. That's where I want to jump in and say, what are you missing? So then we look at things like, I would want to run tests like what's your T4 and your T3 doing? But Medicare won't give you those. 
And so this is just another problem inside our system of, of where a recognised need is versus where, where can we prevent a problem. Mm. And then we can look at things like your iodine, your vitamin D, your magnesium. These are all things that contribute to the way that your thyroid's acting. And if you're missing low in some of these things, and most Australians are low in iodine and vitamin D because mm. we're very sunphobic, so we're low in vitamin D, and our diet doesn't naturally have iodine because we've got really depleted soils. So naturally our thyroids are more likely to be running low. I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought with the question there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've explained there what kind of the usual symptoms would be if someone was had hypo or low thyroid so you can have either or is mm. that right yeah, yeah 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 and as well you know when you do talk about these things some of these things are quite common after you've had a baby anyway you know you do feel lethargic you do feel it low in energy and if you have a non-sleeping child or you've struggled with breastfeeding or any of these things then you do feel exhausted so there's like almost we just blame it on motherhood. Mm. Like we can mm -hmm. get into this cycle of mm -hmm. just blaming our stress levels and health issues and our exhaustion on motherhood and then not doing anything about it because yeah. we're like, oh, this is just part and parcel of the journey, yeah. you know, when it yeah, actually absolutely. could be something, something else, else that's manifesting and we helping yeah. ourselves with some really kind of sort of easy and simple steps mm, mm. of taking some extra supplements or mm. changing mm. our diet a little bit or mm. those sorts of things and actually helping ourselves feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is why I'm a big passion project of mine is let's get every woman who's had a baby in the last, heck, like even in the last year, but I'd love it to be sooner than that. Let's get every woman who's had a baby to have some really basic blood tests mm. to screen for these things and then don't rely on your GP to interpret the results in a way that's going to be meaningful for you proactively because they're only going to interpret them reactively as in do you have a condition that I can hand your medication for. Mm. Take them to someone who can look at them and say, okay, your vitamin D is suboptimal. That's going to lead to things like back pain or you know, running your thyroid down or postnatal depression or where's your iron at? Again, do you need an iron infusion? Most likely not. We can probably mm. look at some other things to support the way that the iron's been metabolised. Um, there's so many things that we can do. It's just getting that information out there to a place where a woman feels confident enough to walk into her doctor and say, can I get these blood tests? Because unfortunately not everyone can afford to pay for them out of pocket. Or if you are the kind of person who is very proactive with your health, getting yourself some blood tests and taking them to a practitioner who can interpret them appropriately. Um, but then, as you said, diet. We know that diet changes a lot of things. So it's so easy as mums to get into the trap of relying on the easy, convenience foods because, like, I get it. It's hard to take care of yourself when you're learning and you're in that transition phase of learning how to take care of another human. But if we're not putting ourselves first, and we're not giving, feeding ourselves whole foods, beautiful foods that are going to love us back. We just cannot be the best mum that we can be. Mm. And this is another big thing that I'm constantly saying to women. Like, 
It's that oxygen mask. Put your oxygen mask on first. Get rid of the processed and packaged foods because they're not going to love you and you won't be able to show up as the kind of mom who can be happy and calm and parent the way that you want to parent if you feel like crap. Oh, absolutely. I totally resonate with that message because when I was going through my journey with the chronic pain and everything before I started to heal that, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, I was more sharpish with the kids, Mm. but definitely me and my partner, you know, there was a lot of things that I was needing help with that he couldn't help me with because he was working hard and he was tired that was building into resentment within the relationship for me because I was feeling like he wasn't supporting me Mm. and he wasn't able to support me. And the massive shift that we've had since I've been able to heal my chronic pain has been better relationships. Like that has been like the biggest thing that I've got from healing my chronic pain Mm. it wasn't the fact of healing the chronic pain Mm. and not living in pain Mm. it was the knock-on effect that it was creating within the family unit Mm -hmm. because I was always exhausted and I was always in pain and I was always tired and I couldn't show up as the mother or the partner that I wanted to be and that was creating friction Mm. within the family unit then not got knock on to the kids Mm. you know because it's kind of tit for tat and who's doing what and those kinds of things and yeah you've got to look after yourself first and I guess this really is where the postnatal well-being plan that you've spoken about previously to me in conversation this is where it really kind of comes in and it's really really important so did you want to talk a little bit more Mm. about the Mm postnatal well-being plan Mm, yeah so I am really passionate about encouraging women when they're pregnant to be coming up with a plan for how they're going to support themselves during the postpartum period and it's never too late so even if you had your baby like I don't know two years ago Mm. how are you going to support yourself right now in the next three-ish months so ideally we're looking at a pregnant woman who can think ahead of this. So what kind of support do you need in place? So you've spoken about relationships. That's so important. So do you have support? Do you have a supportive partner? Have you been really clear on your expectations or on communicating your needs? So before my oldest son was born, I said to my husband, I never want to be the kind of mum who resents being a mum. Mm. And he was like, okay, what, what do we need to do to make that like, not be a reality and I said I need me time I need us to build in me time every single day where I can get guaranteed like do whatever I want if I want to sleep I can sleep if I want to go out I can go out and that was something that we started from the day that I got home from the hospital my husband took my our baby for one hour every single morning and it's been five and a half years and it's still something we do every single day we have three kids now One hour, first thing in the morning, I do whatever I want. Usually I run these days, but in the early days I was pretty much sleeping. (laughs) But just that really clear communication. And we live in a place where we have no Mm. family around us, we have no friends. So all we have is each other. If we can't rely on each other, we've got no one. So I hear you were being alone. I know because that's usually what women say is, oh, I've got no one. I'm like, trust me, I feel you. I've been there. So how can we create it? Is it Mm. doing a swap with a friend for alone time? Is it 
hiring someone to do whatever you're mentally the load you're taking on, the cooking, the cleaning, is it something like that? And then, of course, I can't pass up food. So I'm always saying to women, what's your plan after you have a kid? Are you going to be freezing meals to put it like to have in the freezer? Are you going to hire a service who's going to deliver you some beautiful meals? Are you going to organize a meal train with your friends? How are you going to be supported for your food? And then, of course, I've said blood tests. I want every woman to get blood tests six weeks after having a baby. If you haven't had them now in your five years postpartum, go and get them because we can't help you get better unless we know where you are right now. And I'm a big, big, big believer in tests don't guess because there can be issues with, let's just say, iodine supplementation. You can actually give yourself an autoimmune disease if you're supplementing without actually knowing if you need it. Yeah, so encouraging women to think about these things is part of my like postnatal wellbeing plan. I'm like, come on, like let's stop talking about the birth. It's important. I get it. I feel you. But postnatal is for the rest of your life. Mm. If you don't plan for it, we've got to start thinking about what kind of mum do we want to be and how do we want to be able to show up and factor that in, I think. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful message to share with women because I had no idea about any of this stuff when, you know, I had my first and my second child. I've only started learning about it now. You know, Rosie's nearly three, but since I've started this business and I'm meeting women like you who are doing this and offering it for women and I just think, oh, I wish I had known about these things. And that's why it's my mission to share this information with women, because it will make the transition easier. It will a hundred thousand percent, because these are just what seem like really little things. Mm. But these, it's the little things that make the biggest difference, right? It's that getting to the end of the day and not having to think about what you've got to cook for dinner, because that's one of the biggest freaking gripes as a parent that's one of the things that mothers tell me that annoys them the most Mm. is having to think every day what to cook for dinner Mm. Mm. you know yeah yeah or not being clear in your communication on who's going to do the weeding who's going to do the washing who's going to do xyz you know getting clear on those yeah even like your expectations on visiting or seeing people after you've had a baby, I find women find it really hard to put boundaries in place about who can come over when, what will they do when they're here after they've had a baby. We are really still stuck in this people-pleasing mentality of, you know, anyone can come over and see the baby whenever. But let's be honest, that is a huge mental load to be taking on in a time when you don't have mental capacity to be taking on more stress than you've already got. Mm. And so I feel like, yeah, boundaries around, no, I'm sorry, I'm not accepting visitors for however long, like whatever period it wanted to be. For me, it was I didn't want any visitors in hospital because I wanted to be able to heal after my very unexpected emergency cesarean and then learn how to breastfeed. But for other people, you know, it might be, they might be doing it first 40 days where they don't want visitors. But Like, let's start having these conversations about like setting our boundaries and make that a normal thing to be doing, not that you're, you know, upsetting your mother-in-law and your family and all of these people because it's not about them, it's about you. You've gone through this huge life-altering thing. 
how can we support you through this right now? Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. You know, I feel like this is where my work really kind of comes in is that, you know, we've really got to know and heal ourselves so that we can show up for our children so that we can have the hard conversations because it's not easy to set boundaries, especially if you've grown up as a piece of people pleaser or as a perfectionist or as someone who puts their needs last or someone who just puts a brave face and doesn't feel their emotions and is like, everything's fine and I'm just going to pretend everything's fine because that's how a lot of us are. Then we have this resentment towards other people but actually it's our own stuff. It's not theirs to carry. Like if you don't put that boundary in, then that's not their fault. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's on you, yeah. you know. So this is why doing the healing work I feel is incredibly important because if you do have those tendencies, you're really going to struggle to be able to put those boundaries in place. And you're really going to struggle to get the support that you need because you're not going to believe that you're worthy of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's a big journey, motherhood. (laughs) Yeah. And it really can be the catalyst for change and transformation and growth if we allow it to be, or it can be the opposite. So, yeah. Yeah. I just want it to be a good experience for everyone. And I realise that's a utopian image and no one is going to have a perfect postpartum but gosh if we as a village could just start supporting mums so much more such really little things make a meal don't offer to hold the baby if that's not something that the mum has said but maybe offer to do the dishes like Mm. little things that make such a big difference yeah they really do and also that message of like allowing yourself to receive help Mm. like that for me is one of the biggest hurdles and still is for me of allowing someone else to help like I was okay with Steve helping and he was amazing from day dot you know I was like crack crack on but friends really really struggle Mm. with the friends thing and like he will ask people to babysit for the kids and I even feel uncomfortable doing that even if it's my friend Mm. he will text them and say Mm. oh I'm organizing this for me and leash can you and he's fine with it where I find that really uncomfortable so that's you know another that's the thing that I need to heal Mm. that's me from my childhood of growing up as a young carer and being the mother from a very young age and being independent Mm. and being like, I need to do everything myself Mm. and trying to let down those walls, Mm. you know, and it takes time. Mm. And doing that is only going to benefit your children. This is what I keep coming back to. Mm. So if you can show up every single day and you can do a workout in the living room with your kids around you, I mean, that's what most mornings look like for me, or you can get them included in cooking dinner, or you can model asking for help. These are the kind of adults that they grow up to be. They grow up to realise mm. that this is how I be strong and healthy. That's a, that's a very common phrase in our house. This is how I be healthy and strong. 
It's by asking for help. It's by showing up every day, even when it's inconvenient or even when it's hard or even when I don't want to. Little things stacked on top of each other, that's what makes a difference. Yeah. So every time a woman's saying to me, oh, you know, I I don't want to be a bother, I'm like, okay, but what do you want your children to say? Mm. Is that a sentence you want to come out of your children's mouth? Because these are the adults. They're tomorrow's adults. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. So if someone is feeling crappy after motherhood or before they're they're in their pregnancy journey now, what would be sort of your advice or a tip to them to start either creating this post-pregnancy plan or, yeah, have you got some sort of yeah. message there for women? I tend to rely on food a lot because obviously that's what I do so I'm always straight up saying okay well what are you eating yeah if you're not feeling great now what are you eating and I love to lean much more into the whole foods and nutrient rich foods if you're eating out a lot or you're eating a lot of processed or packaged things you're not going to be feeling great mm. so that's usually the first thing I'd say is let's look at what you're eating naturally most people will feel better just by cutting out processed and packaged foods we don't really understand just how much they are depleting us. Mm. So eating more veggies, eating more fruits, eating more whole protein, so that could be nuts, it could be seeds, it could be eggs, it could be meats if you're okay with that, it could be dairy if you're okay with that. Eating those things is step one. And then after that, it's all of the other things that come into your health and your wellness too. So are you supported socially? Mm. How is your mental state? What are your thoughts like? Are you moving your body in a way that supports you? So I don't want you to be, you know, a, a hit going seven day a week athlete if that's not where you are. Mm. And neither do I want you to be someone sitting on the couch not moving because our bodies were made to move. Yeah. So moving in a way that's supporting you and then using tools that are going to support you naturally. So I don't love medications or anything like that unless we're at the point where that is the next step and for some people that's the way we need to go mm. but they can be harmful too so approaching things from a natural aspect when possible is going to support you long term a lot more than a medication probably would so yeah kind of looking at things from a whole picture I always start with food because I see it every single day that there is so much we can do from a food space mm. but moving into those other things as well is really important mm. yeah beautiful I guess I've just got my last little question that I like to ask people at the end, which is what's been your biggest lesson, either motherhood or from your children? It's probably probably the art of prioritising, which sounds like a silly thing to have learned. But as someone who I used to have be a very prone to anxiety, so overthinking things, mm. taking on way too much because I wanted to make sure that everything was right, perfect and you know metal of the criteria mm. yeah it's stepping back looking at the big picture what's the goal here will what's going to matter in 10 years time and then assessing my day based on that and they, that sounds so ridiculous that one day will impact 10 years every single day is just one day and when you add them all up together they will create your mm. future so yeah I'm really really much better at saying no to things and now that I've got kids with food allergies I am so not bothered by who I offend because I control what my kids eat because I don't want them to have an allergic reaction and you'll be surprised at how often 
people get offended by you not eating their food and I don't care. In 10 years' time, it won't <laughs> matter that I didn't eat your birthday cake. It will matter that my child is healthy and strong. So, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Awesome. So if people want to work with you or connect with you, how can they do that? Where can we find you? For the last couple of years, I've now started working entirely online, which is great because yeah. it means I can work with anyone, anywhere. You can find me at Well With Trish on Instagram. My website is also wellwithtrish.com and I work one-on-one with people. And I also have some group programs available, which makes it more affordable. So I realise that's something that a lot of people need. Yeah, so I, I love to help women, whether you are pregnant or postpartum, because I think that this is a phase that we really need to get better at helping women through. It's a big transition to be making. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom with us today. I've really enjoyed our chat and I feel like what you're supporting women in is very important and very needed. So shout out to my pregnant ladies. If you're pregnant, then catch up with Trish mm. and organize your mm. postnatal mm. well-being plan because it will serve you. I know 1000% it will serve every woman and we all need the support no matter how independent we think we are and how we can do everything ourselves perfectly. It's a different ball game when you've got a little human and you're trying to heal and recover yourself. So give yourself that gift or yeah. instead of a baby shower <laughs> gift that the baby doesn't care about, ask your friends to chip in and pay for some sessions with Trish, yeah. you know, like these things. That That is something that I'm actually starting is like let's fund like instead of baby shower gifts let's make it normal to fund a postnatal care package for a mum like why yes. can't that be a thing <laughs> that is a thing yeah. you heard it yeah. here yeah exactly <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> this is what we need this is what women need we don't need more stuff no. we don't need more clothes and cribs and fancy little shoes that you put wraps my gosh how many muslin wraps you get <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the little shoes that hang down off the <laughs> in the car yeah. it's like no one needs a pair of converse that hang down in Mm-mm. the car no one needs Mm-mm. that <laughs> yeah so um yeah let's do something that's really gonna be helpful for our lovely mothers because we deserve to be celebrated and we deserve to be held and we deserve to be supported no matter mm. who we are mm. or where we're at stage we're at in life we all deserve that so yes thank you for being here with us Trish mm. thank you namaste beautiful human thank you for having me namaste and if you enjoyed the show today please reach out let us know what your biggest takeaway was and subscribe to the channel so that you can receive the podcast every week or even better you can sign up to my email list and you will receive a healing hack every week straight into your inbox to help you heal on your motherhood journey yeah i'll see you all next week and thank you for being here and sharing your time with us namaste